Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net. And if you mouse of the link at top for online edition, there it'll be. Read A-C-I-M-O-E. Hmm. Also on that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, where you can sign up to receive a daily excellent email, including both the text reading for the day, as well as the lesson for the day. <clears throat> Pardon me. My name is Lori Cameron. This calls Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 24, Specialness and Separation, with Section 3, The Treachery of Specialness. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 258. Let me remember my goal is God. Let me remember my goal is God. And by way of opening this morning, one teeny tiny little thought that uh, says it all. Little teeny tiny quote from Rumi. A thousand half-loves, a thousand half-loves must be forsaken to take one whole heart home. That says a lot to me. Uh, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. It, it sure is reflective, isn't it? Too, as I was happy to find that. Yeah. <clears throat> that pop into my awareness. So anyway, oh, here's our reading list. Thanks, friend. Thank you. Here's our reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne. Fran, Robin Marie, Jennifer, and Karen. And we're joined in listening this morning by Harrison and Judy. And I wonder if anybody else has joined us. Would like to say good morning and be on the reading list. Good morning. This is Jessica, and I can read. Good morning, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. I found it really helpful this morning to remind myself that the word treachery means a betrayal of trust. And it reminded me what I'm entrusted with. So anyway, here we go in section three. The treachery of specialness, paragraph 12. Comparison must be an ego. I'm sorry. Comparison must be an ego device, for love makes none. Specialness always makes comparisons. It is established by a lack seen in another and maintained by searching for and keeping clear in sight all lacks it can perceive. This does it seek and this does it look upon. And always whom it thus diminishes would be your savior had you not chosen to make of him a tiny measure of your specialness instead. Against the littleness you see in him, you stand tall and stately, clean and honest, pure and unsullied by comparison with what you see. 
nor do you understand it. It is yourself that you thus diminish, or that you diminish thus. Uh, Lemoyne. Chapter 24, Specialness and Separation. Section 3, The Treachery of Specialness. Comparison must be an ego for love makes none. Specialness always makes comparison. It is established by a lack seen in another and maintained by searching for and keeping clear in sight all lacks it can perceive. This does it seek, and this it looks upon. And always whom it thus diminishes would be your savior, had you not chosen to make of him a tiny measure of your specialness instead. Against the littleness you see in him, you stand as tall and stately, clean and honest, pure and unsullied by comparison with what you see. Nor do you understand it is yourself that you diminish thus. Pursuit of specialness is always at the cost of peace. Who can attack his savior and cut him down yet recognize his strong support? Who can detract from his omnipotence who can detract from his omnipotence, yet share his power? And who can use him as the gauge of littleness and be released from limits? You have a function in salvation. Its pursuit will bring you joy. But the pursuit of specialness must bring you pain. Here is a goal that would defeat salvation and thus run counter to the will of God. To value specialness is to esteem an alien will to which illusions of yourself are dearer than the truth. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. Thirteen. Pursuit of specialness is always at the cost of peace. Who can attack his savior and cut him down, yet recognize his strong support? Who can detract from his omnipotence, yet share his power? And who can use him as the gauge of littleness and be released from limits? You have a function in salvation. Its pursuit will bring you joy. But the pursuit of specialness must bring you pain. Here is a goal that would defeat salvation and thus run counter to the will of God. To value specialness is to esteem an alien will to which illusions of yourself are dearer than the truth. 14. Specialness is the idea of sin made real. Sin is impossible even to imagine without this base, for sin arose from it out of nothingness, an evil flower with no roots at all. Here is the self-made, quote-unquote, savior, the, quote-unquote, creator, who creates unlike the father and which made his son like to himself and not like unto him. His, quote-unquote, special sons are many 
never one, each one in exile from himself and him of whom they are a part. Nor do they love the oneness which created them as one with him. They chose their specimens instead of heaven and instead of peace. I don't know what that noise is. And wrapped it carefully in sin to keep it quote unquote safe from truth. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Fourteen. Specialness is the idea of sin made real. Sin is impossible even to imagine without this base. For sin arose from it out of nothing, nothingness, an evil flower with no roots at all. Here is the self-made, quote, savior, unquote, the, quote, creator, unquote, who creates unlike the father and which made his son like to itself and not like unto him. His, quote, special, unquote, sons are many, never one each one in exile from himself and him of whom they are a part. Nor do they love the oneness which created them as one with him. They chose their specialness instead of heaven and instead of peace and wrapped it carefully in sin to keep it, quote, safe, unquote, from truth. Fifteen, you are not special. If you think you are and would defend your specialness against the truth of what you really are, how can you know the truth? What answer that the Holy Spirit gives can reach you when it is your specialness to which you listen and which asks and answers? His tiny answer, soundless in the melody which pours from God to you eternally, in loving praise of what you are, is all you listen to. And that vast song of honor and of love for what you are seems silent and unheard before its, quote, mightiness, unquote. You strain your ears to hear its soundless voice, and yet the call of God himself is soundless to you. Thank you, Robin Marie and Jennifer. Fifteen, you are not special. If you think you are and would defend your specialness against the truth of what you really are, how can you know the truth? What answer that the Holy Spirit gives can reach you when it is your specialness to which you listen, and which asks and answers. Its tiny answer, soundless in the melody which pours from God to you eternally, and loving praise of what you are, is all you listen to. And that vast song of honor and of love for what you are seems silent and unheard before it mightiness 
You strain your ears to hear its soundless voice. And yet the call of God himself is soundless to you. 16. You can defend your specialness, but never will you hear the voice for God decided. They speak a different language and they fall on different ears. To every special one, a different message <laughs> and one with different meaning is the truth. Yet how can truth be different to each, to each one? The special messages, <laughs> the, the special messages, the special here, convince them they are different and apart. Each is uh, in his special sin and quote-unquote safe from love, which does, uh, which does not see his specialness at all. Christ's uh, vision is their quote-unquote enemy, for it sees not what they would look upon, and, and it would show them that the specialness they think they see is an illusion. What would they see instead? Thank you, Jennifer and Karen. 16. You can defend your specialness, but never will you hear the voice for God beside it. They speak a different language, and they fall on different ears. To every special one, a different message, and one with different meaning is the truth. Yet how can truth be different to each one? The special messages, the special here, convince them they are different and apart, each in his special sins and quote-unquote safe from love, which does not see his specialness at all. Christ's vision is their quote-unquote enemy, for it sees not what they would look upon, and it would show them that the specialness they think they see is an illusion. What would they see instead? 17. The, the shining radiance of the Son of God, so like his Father, that the memory of him brings instantly to mind. And with this memory, the Son remembers his own creations, as like to him as he is to the Father. And all the world he made and all his specialness and all the sins he held in its defense against himself will vanish as his mind accepts the truth, the truth about himself as it returns to take their place. This is the only quote-unquote cost of truth. You will no longer see what never was, nor hear what makes no sound. Is it a sacrifice to give up nothing and to receive the love of God forever? Oh, boy. Thanks, Karen and Jessica. Oh, boy, is right. <laughs> um, 17. 
The shining radiance of the Son of God, so like his Father that the memory of him springs instantly to mind. And with this memory, the Son remembers his own creation, as like to him as he is to his Father. And all the world he made, and all his specialness, and all the sins he held in its defense against himself, will vanish as his mind accepts the truth about himself as it returns to take their place. This is the only, quote, cost of truth. You will no longer see what never was, nor hear what makes no sound. Is it a sacrifice to give up nothing and to receive the love of God forever? Excuse me one second. Okay. You who have chained your Savior to your specialness and given it his place, remember this. He has not lost the power to give you all the sins you think you place. Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. He has not lost the power to forgive you all the sins you think you placed between him and the function of salvation given him for you. Nor will you change his function any more than you can change the truth in him and in yourself. But be you certain that the truth is just the same in both. It gives no different messages and has one meaning. And it is one you both can understand and one which brings release to both of you. Here stands your brother with the key to heaven in his hand held out to you. Let not the dream of specialness remain between you. What is one is joined in truth. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for 18 and 19? This is Sandra. I can read. Go ahead, Sandra. Sandra. I'll follow you. Okay. You who have changed your Savior to your specialness and given it his place, remember this. He has not lost the power to forgive you all the sins you think you place between him and the function of salvation given him for you. Nor will you change his function any more than you can change the truth in him and in yourself. But be you certain that the truth is just the same in both. It gives no different messages and has one meaning. And it is one you both can understand and one which brings release to both of you. Here stands your brother with the key to heaven in his hand held out to you. Let not the dream of specialness remain between you. What is one is joined in truth. 
19. Think of the loveliness that you will see within yourself when you have looked looked on him as on a friend. He is the enemy of specialness, but only friend to what is real in you. Not one attack you thought you made on him has taken him has taken from him the gift that God would have him give to you. His need to give it is as great as yours to have it. Let him forgive you all your specialness and make you whole in mind and one with him. He waits for your forgiveness, only that he may return it unto you. It is not God who has condemned his son, but only you to save his specialness and kill his true self. Thank you, Sandra. And Judy. Thank you. 19. Think of the loveliness that you will see within yourself when you have looked on him as on a friend. He is the enemy of specialness, but only friend looked on in him as on a friend. Did I read that right? My eyes are going crossed. Let me start again. Think of the loveliness that you will see within yourself when you have looked on him as on a friend. He is the enemy of specialness, but only friend to what is real in you. Not one attack you thought you made on him has taken from him the gift that God would have him give to you. His need to give it is as great as yours to have it. Let him forgive you all your specialness and make you whole in mind and one with him. He waits for your forgiveness, only that he may return it unto you. It is not God who has condemned his son, but only you to save his specialness and kill his capital self. 20. You have come far along the way of truth, too far to falter now. Just one step more and every vestige of the fear of God will melt away in love. Your brother's specialness and yours are enemies and bound in hate to kill each other and deny they are the same. Yet it is not illusions which have reached this final obstacle that seems to make God and his heaven so remote that they cannot be reached. Here in this holy place does truth stand, waiting to receive you both in silent blessing and in peace so real and so encompassing that nothing stands outside. Leave all illusions of yourself outside this place to which you come in hope and honesty. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. 
And would there be a new reader for 20 and 21? I can try, Lori. Good morning. Um, oh, thank you, Lana. I'm outside, so I apologize for the background noise. Uh, 20, 20. You have come far along the way of truth, too far to falter now. Just one step more, and every vestige of the fear of God will melt away in love. Your brother's specialness and yours are enemies and bound in hate to kill each other and deny they are the same. Yet it is not illusions which have reached this final obstacle that seems to make God and his heaven so remote that they cannot be reached. Here in this holy place does truth stand waiting to receive you both in silent blessing and in peace so real and so encompassing that nothing stands outside. Leave all illusions of yourself outside this place to which you come in hope and honesty. 21. Here is your Savior from your specialness. He is in need of your acceptance of himself as part of you, as you for his. You are alike to God as God is to himself. He is not special, for he would not keep one part of what he is unto himself not given to his son, but kept for him alone. And it is this you fear, for if he is not special, then he willed his son to be like him, and your brother is like you, not special, but possessed of everything, including you. Oh, boy. Thank you, Lana. And would there be a new reader for 21 and 22? New reader for 21 and 22? I'll give it a try. Can you hear me? Oh, yes. Thank you, Harrison. Okay. Here is your Savior from your specialness. He is in need of your acceptance of yourself, of himself as part of you, as you for his. You are alike to God as God is to himself. He is not special for he would not keep one part of what he is unto himself, not given to his son, but kept for him alone. And it is this you fear, for if he, Captain H, is not special, then he willed his son be like him, and your brother is like you, 
not special. <coughs> but possessed of everything, including you. 22. Give him what he has. Remembering God gave himself to both of you an equal love that both might share the universe with him who chose that love could never be divided and kept separate from what it is and must forever be. You are your brothers. Part of love was not denied to him. But can it be that you have lost because he is complete? What has been given him makes you complete as it does him. God's love gave you to him and him to you because he, Capsuage, gave himself. What is the same as God is one with him? And only specialness could make the truth of God and you as one seem anything but heaven and the hope of peace at last in sight. Thank you, Harrison. And would there be a new reader for 22 and 23? Twenty-two and twenty-three. Okay, Lemoyne, back to you. Give him but what he has, remembering God gave himself to both of you in equal love that both might share the universe with him who chose that love could never be divided and kept separate from what it is and must forever be. You are your brothers. Part of love was not denied to him. I'll read that again. You are your brothers. Part of love was not denied to him. But can it be that you have lost because he is complete? What has been given him makes you complete, as it does him. God's love gave you to him and him to you because he gave himself. What is the same as God is one with him. And only specialness, only specialness, could make the truth of God and you as one seem anything but heaven and the hope of peace at last in sight. 
Specialness is the seal of treachery upon the gift of love. Whatever serves its purpose must be given to kill. No gift that bears its seal but offers treachery to giver and receiver. Not one glance from eyes it bails but looks on sight of death. Not one believer in its potency but seeks for bargains and for compromise that would establish sin, love substitute, and serve it faithfully. And no relationship that holds its purpose dear but clings to murder as safety's weapon and the great defender of all illusions from the so-called threat of love. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 23. Specialness is the seal of treachery upon the gift of love. Whatever serves its purpose must be given to kill. No gift that bears its seal that offers treachery to giver and receiver. Not one glance from eyes that bails but looks on sight of death. Not one believer in its potency but seeks for bargains and for compromise that would establish sin, love's substitute, and serve it faithfully. And no relationship that holds its purpose dear but clings to murder as safety's weapon and the great defender of all illusions from the quote-unquote threat of love. 24. The hopeless specialness makes it seem possible God made the body as the prison house which keeps his son from him. For it demands a special place God cannot enter and a hiding place where none is welcome but your tiny self. Nothing is sacred here but unto you and you alone, apart and separate from all your brothers, safe from all intrusions of sanity upon illusions, safe from God, and safe for conflict everlasting. Here are the gates of hell you closed upon yourself to rule in madness and loneliness your special kingdom, apart from God, away from truth and from salvation. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie? Twenty-four. The hope of specialness makes it seem possible God made the body as a prison house which keeps his son from him. For it demands a special place God cannot enter and a hiding place where none is welcome but your tiny self. Nothing is sacred here but unto you and you alone, apart and separate from all your brothers safe from all intrusions of sanity upon illusions, safe from God and safe from conflict everlasting. Here are the gates of hell you close upon yourself to ruin madness and in loneliness your special kingdom, apart from God, away from truth and from salvation. 25. The key threw away God gave your brother whose holy hands would offer to you 
when you were ready to accept his plan for your salvation in place of yours. How could this readiness be reached save through the sight of all your misery and the awareness that your plan has failed and will forever fail to bring you peace and joy of any kind? Through this despair you travel now, yet it is but illusion of despair. The death of specialness is not your death, but you're awaking into life eternal. You but emerge from an illusion of what you are to the acceptance of yourself as God created you. Thank you, Robin Marie. I'm Jennifer. 25. The key you threw away, God gave your brother, whose holy hands would offer it to you when you were ready to accept his plan for your salvation in place of yours. How could this readiness be reached, save to the sight of all your misery and the awareness that your plan has failed and will forever fail to bring you peace and joy of any kind? Through this despair, you travel now, yet it is but an illusion of despair. The death of specialness is not your death, but your awakening into life eternal. You but emerge from an illusion of what you are to the acceptance of yourself as God created you. Amen. Thank you, Jennifer, and thank you, everyone, who lent their voice this morning to read in this beautiful section on the treachery of specialness. I think to highlight just just a couple of places, especially from paragraph 13, pursuit of specialness is always at the cost of peace. You have a function in salvation. Its pursuit will bring you joy. And from paragraph 17, this joy, the shining radiance of the Son of God, so like his Father that the memory of him springs instantly to mind. And with this memory, the Son remembers his own creations as like to him as he is to his Father. And all the world he made and all its specialness and all the sins he held in its defense against himself will vanish as his mind accepts the truth about himself as it returns to take their place. This is the only cost of truth. You will no longer see what never was nor hear what makes no sound. Is it a sacrifice to give up nothing and to receive the love of God forever? And also paragraph 21. He is your savior from your specialness, this brother. He is in need of your acceptance of himself as part of you, as you for him is. 
You are alike to God as God is to himself. He is not special, for he would not keep one part of what he is unto himself, not given to his son, but kept for him alone. And it is this you fear, for if he is not special, then he willed his son be like him, and your brother is like you. Not special, but possessed of everything, including you. Give him what he has, remembering God gave himself to both of you in equal love, that both might share the universe with him, who chose that love could never be divided and kept separate from what is and what must forever be. You are your brothers. Part of love was not denied to him. But can it be that you have lost because he is complete? What has been given him makes you complete, as it does him. God's love gave you to him and him to you because he gave himself. What is the same as God is one with him. The key you threw away, God gave to your brother, whose holy hands would offer it to you when you were ready to accept his plan for your salvation in place of yours. How could this readiness be reached, save through the sight of all your misery and the awareness that your plan has failed and will forever fail to bring you peace and joy of any kind? Through this despair you travel now, yet it is but an illusion of despair. The death of specialness is not your death, but your awakening into life eternal. You but emerge from an illusion of what you are to the acceptance of yourself as God created you. Amen. And here we are at the top of the hour where we wholeheartedly express the desire that we remember God is our goal. And we'll turn to you once again, Fran, to lead us this morning. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for that summary. That was great. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook. And the theme that we're on is, What is Sin? And today's lesson is Lesson 258. Let me remember that my goal is God. So I'll read some from What is Sin? And then we will go to the lesson and do our five-minute practice. Okay. What is sin? Sin is insanity. It is the means by which the mind is driven mad and seeks to let illusions take the place of truth. The body is the instrument the mind made in its striving to deceive itself. Its purpose is to strive. Yet can the goal of striving change? And now the body serves a different aim for striving. Sin is the home of all illusions, which would stand for things imagined, issuing from thoughts which are untrue. They are the quote-unquote proof that what has no reality is real. Sin proves God's son is evil, timelessness must have an end, eternal life must die. A madman's dreams are frightening, and sin appears indeed to terrify. And yet what sin perceives is but a childish game. 
How long, O Son of God, will you maintain the game of sin? Shall we not put away these sharp-edged children's toys? How soon will you be ready to come home? Perhaps today there is no sin. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 258. Let me remember that my goal is God. All that is needful is to train your minds to overlook all little, senseless aims and to remember that our goal is God. His memory is hidden in our minds, obscure but by our pointless little goals which offer nothing and do not exist. Shall we continue to allow God's grace to shine in unawareness while the toys and trinkets of the world are sought instead? God is our only goal, our only love. We have no aim but to remember him. Our goal is but to follow in the way that leads to you. We have no goal but this. What could we want but to remember you? What could we seek but our identity? Lesson 258, let me remember that my goal is God. Do a five-minute practice.
Lesson 258, let me remember that my goal is God. Amen. Oh, thank you, friend. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you, friend. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, friend. We're so grateful you do this every day. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. I love it. Good morning, this is Sandra, and let me remember that my goal is God. And it talks a lot in the, in the text about specialness, and in this society, we have been programmed to compete and compare. <laughs> and I would say, and especially when we have a goal, it seems like the goals are connected and very aligned with competition and comparison. And I think that's what leads to all this specialness. Because if we're equal, and if we're one with all of creation, then what what are we competing for? Why are we comparing? I think that's just an error in our programming. And I'm making a commitment today to not compare and not to compete. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Sandra. Amen. Good point. Thank you. Thank it's Robin Marie. And I'm thinking about I'm thinking about goal. I'm thinking about soccer. And I'm thinking, you know, the person who makes the goal gets a lot of attention, but there were a lot of people helping him or her get there. And we're together aiming for this goal of love. And whoever gets that goal, that's great. And we're all going to keep trying. So that was my thought today. Thank you. Wholeheartedly. Thank you, Robin Marie. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. Good morning. Um, it's Karen. I did I, I studied this reading and I did the lesson before the first call and um I thought I was thinking, I, I still feel sinless, sinful. I still feel guilty. So I was praying to God about that. And it's something that I did in my adult life, not related to childhood, but something that I imagined had these huge repercussions spiritually. And I knew it was a lack of forgiveness, something I hadn't let go of and hadn't transformed my, my feelings to. And I was meditating and and it was so clearly everything this reading said. Because this happened, I felt different. I felt sinful. I felt separate. I was um, insane. 
literally insane. I mean, I spent years going to healers, trying to explain my metaphysical experience and my phenomenological, you know, reality, which is so ridiculous because the Course would say, you know, it's just the ego making things up. You know, the only truth is, only the truth is true, so only love is real. And all this stuff I was going through for so many years was all in my mind. And maybe it was related to the way that I was trained in, as a child, but, but I kept it alive and I kept putting my energy into it, my thought forms, my feeling forms. And so I'm looking at this whole scene in my meditation this morning and I was just, you know, filled with joy and gratitude to the Holy Spirit because it was this huge demonstration of illusion. And that's what forgiveness is, right? Letting go of the illusion. And I kept thinking, okay, I give it to you. I give it to you, you know. I see that it was all made up. It's all about specialness. But not specialness like I'm so great, but specialness, I am such a sinner. I am the, you know, I'm the one that, that can't be saved because I am so bad and so stupid. And um, I would have thought I was done right there, you know, because intellectually I could see the reality and the truth of it. But there was a program, a simulcast from um, live stream from India going on at the moment. I'm going to cry. And a friend of mine was giving such a woman that I've spent 15 years working next to in the kitchen. She was the baker, and I worked in veggie prep. And for 15 years, I worked side by side with her. And to me, she's, her energy, her vibration is pure fainthood. I've slept in the same room with her for years and years and years on staff. And all I felt when I was looking, when I looked over and I saw her was, Oh, no one would believe that she was a friend of mine because of who I am now, because of how I've fallen. And it was really a miracle because in that moment, I, I fell into the emotional place of feeling like I made this mistake. You know, for all the times I thought, I forgive myself, it wasn't real, it was all in my mind, it was an ego illusion, you know, it's separateness, it's specialness, it's, you know, insanity, sin is insanity. For all the times that I've tried work, a workaround with that, I never felt the feeling of that despair and, and pain of believing in that separation. And I cried. I cried for a long time this morning, and I feel like so often I try to do this, the course in my intellect, in my mind, but I can't touch the feelings. And I'm not saying it's always necessary because I don't know. Holy Spirit's in charge, and I don't know what's my, you know, what my part is apart from willingness. But I kept thinking yesterday we were saying the willingness is how you get to forgiveness. It's the willingness, the surrender, the giving up to the, to the Holy Spirit. And that means however it's supposed to happen. And what's still being held on to, God knows how to get to, and I don't. So 
it was a very powerful healing meditation this morning, and it's exactly what this what this um, reading, exactly what this reading was saying, you know. Specialness is thinking I'm different. And I have a private world reality that I can't share because mine is special and mine is different. And uh, let me remember my goal is God. All I want is for this ego stuff, this, these um, falsehoods, these imagined blocks that I miscreated to be purified so that the light of Christ can flow into the world through me so I can be of service because that's what I was born for, to be of service, to be an instrument of peace, to be a channel of love and light. And after that healing this morning, I just felt like I was so full of the Christ light and I just went to all these different places and people and world events and just held it in the holiness of the Christ mind. I'm complete. Thank you so much for letting me share that. What a beautiful experience. I'm so grateful you shared that, Karen. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Karen. That was beautiful. Totally. Thank you so much, Karen. A breakthrough. Thanks, Karen. Thank you, Karen. That was really great. Um, very salt. Um, this is Jennifer, and I couldn't help in the beginning of this read feel guilty. <laughs> and I thought, oh wow, okay, you know, this is um, uh, this is uh, why I'm here. I'm here. Um, to be a mirror and for all you to be a mirror for me to um, let the special head of specialness um, in me and you um, uh, you show up so I can make the choice to forgive myself and and forgive you. And um, I'll just say in short, I really loved uh, 21. Here is your favor from your specialness. That's you. That's me. He's in need of your acceptance of himself as part of you. Well, every time um, I'm, I'm anchored in my heart, my feelings, and I'm connecting it to my mind, that connection, I'm, uh, I'm showing up for you and and just maybe you're gonna somehow knowingly unknowingly anchor in as well, and we're gonna we're gonna master it to relieve the pain. We're gonna and we're gonna laugh about these fears and and the psychological words and the ugly. And um, I'm gonna call, <laughs> I'm gonna call it um, that uh, like Dana Carvey. Is it, why isn't that special? <laughs> I was talking uh, yesterday with a dear friend. So um, uh, anyway, and, and I wanted to say at the end, um, in paragraph 24-25, I just had a review of the beginning, middle, 
not so long ago of my life. And I got to see um, how my um, how I thought I was special, and that I would just I was would go to work and thought I was special in what I was doing. Um, there was fear there, a competition, um, uh, you know, and then there was uh, for years, years and years, um, and then also. Um, my fear of um, being seen and um, and all my pain and all my suffering. And I, for years, years, just since I was like, I don't know, 12 all the way up to like 40, 50, 50, just many years of going home, isolating myself and in my specialness. So, so we're I'm discovering, that's what we call this now. And um, what an illusion. And today I can say um, I've really put a, a majority of that part, uh, put it down and I've released it to God. And um, today I'm, uh, I, I'm in love and in the vein of God. And I'm, as I feel guilt come up, in the beginning to read or, or anything, uh, it's I get to remember. Oh yeah, this is why I came here is to release this with with you uh, through the bridge of love and acceptance. And I I see how each one of you um, are just so key to remembering that we're the same. And, that, and what a relief that I'm the same. Because I went through, like many people, feeling um, like I wasn't the same and I had to hide that, that fear and that anger um, and bury it. And, and now I get to go, no, we're the same. Yeah, we're all unique, but we're the same. And it just feels so wonderful to rise to that occasion of... Um, what real love is for myself and for you. And um, I'm willing. I'm willing. I love you guys. I pass. That was beautiful, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you, Good morning. Jennifer. Good morning. It's Lana. Um, uh, this specialness, <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's such a, a ball of confusion. You know, uh, my experience of it, um, you know, I, I've experienced it both ways. You know, and, and the one way uh, I can make myself special by thinking who I am is... Um, not worthy of anything, of love, of God, of, of anything. You can go to that extreme. Or I can go to the other extreme and create this spiritual person that I'm not and hope to attain that, um, hope to attain that image. Well, you know, you know, I finally realized that both are made-up images. You know, neither one of them are true. 
the only place is, um, well, it all goes back to that root cause of everything. It's a misidentification of self. You know, whether, um, <clears throat> excuse me, whether I create an image of myself and believe that it's true that I'm unworthy or I create and define what a spiritual person should show up like and notice I'm not it and and I can struggle and struggle trying to attain it. Uh, of course, never being successful because that image is made up too. It's um, and and when I do that to a brother, what a burden that is, that he can't or she can't live up to the image I created of her or him, and how they should show up um, within my experience. And when they don't show up as I've defined them. Uh, I, you know, I judge them, and um, none of this leads to love and peace. It, it's just that veil. It's somewhere in the Course Jesus says we make one ego for ourselves, one ego identify, identity for ourselves, and one for everybody else. So, and everybody's doing that, you know. So, um, <laughs> obviously, no communication can happen. You know, it's a ping-pong match of egos, each trying, each judging the other for who they are not and and not fulfilling their expectations. My brother, it's just not fair to judge my brother for not living up to how I have defined him and how I expect him to show up in my experience. So, you know, forgiveness reminds me that I am as God created me right here and right now. I am as God created me, and this is what it looks like. You know, I can like it or not like it, but I can't deny that I was a perfect creation of a perfect creator. And the only thing that that prevents me from embracing who I am right now in this moment is my judgments of myself. The only thing that prevents me from embracing all of my brothers and sisters is my judgments of who they should be, according to Lana. <laughs> so it's only when I just stop. You know, I just silence that mind. I bring my full focus and attention to this present moment and and just express the willingness to see things differently, to to restore my vision and know, and to recognize that we're all perfect creations of God in whatever way that manifests for them or for me. And um, it's through, I think, at least for me, through my acceptance of who I am now in this moment that I can find my peace. You know, Lana can show up in many ways. And as long as the foundation is based on the willingness to love and the willingness to see my brothers and sisters, not as bodies, but as the perfect spiritual creations they are. And um, to look beyond uh, 
the layers I've placed over them to hide their perfection were the layers I've piled up on on myself to hide my perfection, you know, and, and, and only through my willingness to forgive all that um, can I restore my peace and my sanity more than anything. Uh, <clears throat> you know, so specialness can rock either way, and none of it is true. And um, the only way out of that dilemma, that dream of of hate and anger and um, false expectations and defining everything, it's through forgiveness because it brings me back to this moment, this exact precise moment in time where I and my father are one, I and my brothers and sisters are one, all equal, you know, and, and this equality concerns the spirit, our spirit, but not our humanity. Hum- our humanity, God love it, will stumble and fall and fail. So expecting perfection out of my humanness will always disappoint me. But the way out of that disappointment and the return to peace is to remember that I am spirit having a human experience. I'm not human having an occasional spiritual experience. My identity is firmly fixed in eternity as spirit, eternal, perfect, and true. And when I believe my human nature is what I have to depend upon, well, that's like, you know, what is that saying, rearranging the deck furniture on the Titanic? I'm sure to sink. I'm sure to never live up to my expectations or allow my brothers to. You know, it's um, that seek and do not find because um, in, until I can accept myself, I am as God created me, and this is what it looks like now. <laughs> you know, the fact that I was created perfect along with all my brothers and my creator is the only thing I have to remember. And, you know, Lana will show up as Lana shows up. And the best thing I can do is embrace her with love, respond to love, respond with love to all these insane appearances, whether they regard me or the world or my brothers, is always the response. The response is what points my mind back to truth and heals it. And so I can become aware of their perfection. Um, Not their bodies, but their pure and beautiful eternal spirits. That's where I find God. That's where I find myself. We all find ourselves through our brothers because <laughs> they reflect back to us all the crazy notions that my mind makes up <laughs> about what is real and what is not. It's, it's, um, I've given up that search. I've, <clears throat> I've decided that whatever shows up, real or imagined, what's important is my response to it. And that will either heal me or open the gate to hell you know, depending on which one I choose. So anyway, I'm complete. It's a great reading. It really lays out in stark contrast the difference between love and fear, so and specialness. <laughs> I'm complete. 
Oh, that was just so superb, Lana. And so filled with ease. Thank you so much. Oh, thank yeah, you. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Yeah, but you said it all, Lana. You really did. Um, this is Ida. Hi. Um, just going to add the emphasis for me on forgiving myself for the for e- going to either one of those illusions that Lana mentioned about myself, either that I'm some high and mighty spiritual leader or that I'm inferior and unworthy towards everybody else and Michael was talked about I can't compare myself with anybody else because I'm making an illusion of them too when I make their ego for them in my mind and uh, so I just have to forgive myself and love myself and so therefore I can forgive and love everybody else Thanks. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. That was very complete. Thank you, Thank you. Ida. I had a... <laughs> I'm listening. Thank you all for reading the... You know, the the two paragraphs in the text. 20... What is it? 20... My eyes are not working today. 21 and 22 where um, he really just dives into the, uh, the wholeness and the completion of God in every part and that there are no separate parts because every part of it is so filled with um, the love and the power, the strength and the light of God that it's all in everything, everywhere, omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. And the awareness of that, I mean, I used to, from the time I was little, had this knowingness of the holiness of God being surrounding me. And, um, you know, I sort of grew out of that um, and became a persona in the world. But I remember that sense of holiness. And um, I just love the way these two paragraphs go into it. It's us being all equal, that God's voice is unequivocal, that we are all equals here, as we we were created in heaven, this creation of the one Son of God, that what is one cannot be, have separate parts, because it's one, it's simply not two, and that what is alike cannot be different from itself that it's all limitless joy it's all limitless peace it's all limitless love god is love there's no place where god is not and i just love that thinking um back to when i was a little girl and just sharing that it's like that universal feeling experience of holiness that is always constantly the same for me you know whether I'm out and about, or whether I'm sitting on the conference call with you guys, or whether I'm, you know, silently meditating, walking through the world, world, or the woods, or along the beach. It doesn't matter. That experience of holiness and was really standing out for me in 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 these lessons is um, 
you know, the, the difference, because what is the same can't be different, and how different it is to perceive that I am a body through the perceptions of my senses and what perception tells me my environment is at the level of my brain and the um, level of my brain interpreting it through the body's mind. And that personal point of view, you know, that I am not my body-mind, I am not my personal thoughts, I am not my personal interpretations, that's all um, um, special. That's what specialness is, that Judy grew up being taught. That's what her specialness is in how special you were in the world depended on how well I competed and how well I compared. You know, dress it up, make it look good, sound good, and um, perform and perform. And, you know, the, the, the clarity that's coming to us from recognizing that that specialness is different than what God created us to be is where we're free from it, that God did not create the body that we be imprisoned by this idea that we're special, by what we are in the body. That's the point for me. Um, and that God didn't give himself specially to anybody or anything. I look at bugs and I think they're everybody special with me. <laughs> These little yellow jackets and little tiny Ladybugs flying around me this morning on my deck. But I'll, I'll stop here. Lori, I just want to thank you for opening with that treachery is a betrayal and that wonderful Rumi um, poem or thought, the simple idea um, that love is not special, love is everywhere and everything, and that if we love anything more than God, we are making an idol of something. We're putting a thing in, in place of the awareness of the totality of our reality, that we are one with our source. And anything, I have, oh, that idea, two thoughts, the idea of treachery, that I'm entrusted with God's gift of himself to me. I'm entrusted to to my awareness of God's gift of himself to me and to everything. So I can't go anywhere and forget him. I'm, I'm continually in the awareness of God's presence no matter where I go. And that the specialness is, is the betrayal of that because it limits, it limits me to littleness of, of, of a perception of an image, of a perception of a a self-concept, and, it, and it, it totally negates the awareness of the totality of my reality. When I'm in my own itty-bitty committee in my head, um, but I'll close with this um, in paragraph 23, after those two beautiful paragraphs where God is not special, he's everywhere, and that we're all equals here. I, I just wrote in my in my in my um, <laughs> the border, my book's so full of all these notes. Um, if every if God is in everything, every there, everywhere, what is there 
to compare about, what is there to compete about, and what is there to fight about. We've all got everything equally. <laughs> and I thought, there, that takes attack and judgment totally and completely out of my mind. So um, there's no conflict in me. There's no conflict because I can't. I can't. It's impossible because God is in his completion in everything, everywhere. And um, that's enough. I'm just, <laughs> I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled and filled with joy and peace this morning. And I wish as well for you. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, that was Judy. really great, Judy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. That was really great. I love it. I just got the the shivers um, thinking there's only the will of God. And if I'm in accord and I share the will of God, um, you know, that God is happiness and God is love and, you know, that I see through the eyes of God and it's just, you know, that I can't see any other way. There's, There's no conflict in that. There's simply, I just, I'm loving the way that it's taking all this, sense of opposition and and um what a great um peace that it's giving me this morning and that joy that characterizes peace is like <laughs> it's really it's really knocking my socks off except i don't have any socks on so <laughs> i am complete something that came to mind Thank you, Judy. Um, and that is um, when I share um, from my heart, mind, connected, um, it, it includes everybody in that share. And if I'm just in my head, there's a separation. And I just, uh, the shares this morning are so heart, mind, connected, and I just, just so grateful for everybody today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. You know, I'm really taken, being taken by this, this quieting down now. Um, we study these words from, from our source in this beautiful book, and we join together in, in growing in our understanding of how we experience it for our, our own individual selves, you know. 
and um, taking off the false persona that we used to think of as being ourselves. Um, But um, I do get so excited and exuberant um, from the words, and then um, the silence comes, and it's like, enough already, be still, be still, you don't have to think anymore. (laughs) And it's funny, because I was on a conference call with Reverend Rita Joy last night, and she was doing the opening meditation, and she was talking about thinking, and um, when I speak of the body-mind, I think think of the, um, you know, the ego mind and how we're possessed by the ego mind as, as being in the body and um, thinking that's who we are. And um, to transcend that, knowing that that's a part of us, you know, that I'm a part of you, Judy's a part of you, and everyone's in their per- persona is a part of the one mind of God that's, that's all encompassed in the one-mindedness, but that that um, that persona has to has to have for me have had to become very still and very um relaxed and very quiet and very ready speaks of that readiness readiness to be home to peace to pe- the peace of God. Um, to be at peace with everything in in that stillness and that silence of unconditionally accepting everything, no matter what it appears to be or seems to be to the body's perception of, you know, people, places, and things in the world, that I can merely just look down on it and not, you know, in the, in the figurative, well literal way, like I'm, you know, looking from, I don't know how to explain that thought, but the um, in the transcendent way, that whatever is temporal and passing comes and goes is simply that. It's temporal and passing and simply, simply comes and goes. And that's what the body perceives and the way the, the brain works the body-mind works um, as, a, as an instrument of perception. But we're not that. We're the changeless, changeless awareness of all of it um, that's constantly manifesting itself in form, that we are formless, attributeless, undescribable, unexplainable, undefinable. Word spirit, purely pure consciousness itself. Ah, wow. I really am winding down now. Be glad. (laughs) I'm complete. (laughs) Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Listen, I was wondering if Lori or Lemoyne wanted to share something. I have to go, so I just am holding on, waiting. <laughs> but if I have to go, okay. 
complete. Oh, thank you, Karen. Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm really grateful that you asked. Um, and and I, I frankly, I just love deferring. I just love deferring every morning because it fills me up so much. Uh, but I guess that's that's not always good either. Anyway, I'm listening this morning and I'm listening to these shares. And you know that lesson early on uh, in the workbook where he gives you the lesson and then he says, let this thought dwell in your mind and then see what else comes up. You'll be surprised. Remember that lesson? You'll be surprised at how much course knowledge is already in your mind. It's many mornings when I listen listen to the call. It's that same sense. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. <laughs> it's really quite wonderful. But anyway, this morning the thought that came to me as I listened to everyone is the beautiful reflection of this lesson. Um, this lesson of how truth is revealed to us. And, and as I want to say it's revealed to me because as, as, as regards this problem of specialness, it's exactly like Lana said. Everyone makes one ego for himself and one for everybody else. And through these little, through these little um, disguises, we try to communicate with each other and don't ever really feel connected. But um, I was overwhelmed with the beauty that that is the truth, this shiny radiance. That um, when I let truth be revealed to me, it's exactly like he says. And I was overjoyed with the fact that he tells, he's telling me how my mind works and how it can work if I let it, if I let this be done for me. And that's all he's asking, is to let this be done for me. Remember how he said early on, the Holy Spirit sees the sons of God as they were before and as they will be again when they are healed? If I hold that thought in my mind, He's telling me what it's like to release the idea of specialness. Simply to let the Holy Spirit remind me of what I was before and what I will be again because my mind is healed. I will awaken from the dream. Simply, I will awaken from the dream. The dream, the dream is the specialness. That's the dream. And we can't avoid it, he says. Everyone must make one ego for himself and one for everyone else. Can't avoid that step. But the joy of living is releasing that part and awakening to the truth that God is in everything I see because God is in my mind. <laughs> you know, I, when I let this be done for me, um, here's my completion, here's my joy, here's my function, here's what I came here for. This is 
my function, my purpose, my joy, my goal, to realize that God is in everything I see because God is in my mind. And when I think back over all those occasions when I felt so united with anyone or anything, even in nature, that's the experience he's holding up. God wills you see his masterpiece, the masterpiece of his creation. It's all as holy as God is. We think these ideas are inaccessible, that they're distant and somehow so lofty they can't be reached. But they're simply the truth. When I allow it to be done for me, um, it's not some great achievement. You know, the mind sets up this, this, you know, yeah, this confusion of in and out and form and content and journey and destination, all to make something seem away from me, outside of me, as an achievement, some goal I must reach. But truth isn't like that. Truth is just present. And in those moments when I experience the love that I am as the love of creation, I realize not that I've achieved anything, but that I've let the veil I cast upon love be lifted for me. And I cannot do that without creation's help. I can't do it without my brother. I can't do it without the one who holds the chalice of atonement out for me. And every one of us knows who that person is. That 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 love that you know, you just vibe with this energy when you when you meet someone who's holding your chalice, you know? And and mind resists and holds back and waits. Now I have just some private little part of me I want to hold hold to myself. But love beckons, love calls, whether it's a person, a place, a thing, an event, a circumstance, a situation, it doesn't matter. That, that holds the key to heaven, that whatever that is helps you lift the veil. Together, you know, um, it's not an achievement, it's a truth. And it's given to us when I let that veil be lifted. Um, this chapter, this this whole discussion of specialness and separation uh, is what what allows the resolution of the dream. You know, uh, is what allows when this is gone. This this artificial veil is lifted, the dream resolves, and the mind remembers God. Let me remember my call is God, and God is in everything I see because God is in my mind. I just can't say how grateful I am for the practice of relationship because it's the only way the loneliness in heaven is released. I'm complete. Thank Amen. You so much, Thank you, Lori. Thank you.
Oh, thank you, Lori. Thank you so much. Beyond your words, it's, um, it's a blessing for you to extend your your thoughts because it's, your energy comes through and you extend your Holy Spirit. So I thank you for your words and thoughts, and I thank you for the blessing of your spirit. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Yeah, I just, I want to say, um, this is the, the privilege of having this little computer screen that I can see. Oh, so many have joined us that... Um, that we can't see or hear from, but we know they're there and make us complete. So um, if there's anyone who'd like to just leap in at this point, why well, take a good old dive, okay? <laughs> Lamar, do you have any thoughts about this reading? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Oh, I'd like to ask you if Lemoyne had any thoughts about this reading. Oh, Lemoyne, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, after Lori asked, I thought I would yield yield again. Um, I really was taken by his... Uh, proper use of the assumed clothes <laughs> in the cause of truth in 20. That you have come far along the way to tr- way of truth. Too far to falter now. Just one step more and every vestige of the fear of God will melt away in love. And Yeah, I, a lot of uh, this line that uh, where it says you make one ego for yourself and one for everyone else. It doesn't say one for each one else in a big pile of egos, although it seems that way to us. It really is about self and other is the... This is the primary manifestation of the separation and where we lose track of of this way of truth that really says all being is one. And so, you know, in 22, he, paragraph 22, he says it very, very clearly. Um, Give him but what he has. Remembering God gave himself to both of you in equal love that both might share the universe with him who chose that love could never be divided and kept separate from what it is and must forever be. And that this is the underlying reality we lose track of and 
a focus on form. And, uh, you know, I... <laughs> okay. I, I seek only to correct this perception that the body is is making things up when it's really at least within the the pedagogy of this course is that this is a course for the mind and it's the mind who's always willing to find other and in that separation you know divide good from bad and make the comparison he's talking about and the, the sense of love makes no comparison. It seeks only to join with what is already one. And God's love gave you to him and him to you because he, God, gave himself. What is the same as God is one with him. And only specialness could make the truth of God and you as one seem anything but heaven and the hope of peace at last in sight. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think the... This thing of passing through the illusion is not is not to learn more something about wrong and right, but just to get that <clears throat> and that the illusion of separate being is is what seems to convert heaven into um, just a mad war of all against all. But, you know, as it concludes, the death of specialness is not your death, but your awaking into life eternal. You but emerge from an illusion of what you are to the acceptance of yourself as God created you. And the lovely conclusion to the section. And I kept thinking earlier, it's like, where it says specialness is the seal of treachery upon the gift of love. There's nothing wrong with the cake. It's like, it's just what we put on top of it and then so turn away from what is actually there. And, uh, <laughs> and lose track of all the gifts. by dividing them and trying to sort them some kind of comparison specialness. Anyway, this is a this is like a wide open door <laughs> towards uh, the point of this course, which is clearly stated there, the acceptance of ourselves as we were created. Yeah. Yeah, the lesson is is excellent because I've 
come to believe that, you know, our biggest problem is a misuse of, one of our biggest problems is a misuse of memory, which becomes a catalog of difference and special events. And uh, really the purpose of memory is to remember, you know, who we really are in a creation that is all one. And I'm complete there. Thank you. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Thank you, Lamoine. Thank you, Lamoine. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much, Lamoine. Thank you, Lamoine, for bringing us back to the lesson. And um, I loved what you just said about memory because I think the purpose of memory is to be able to trigger the love, you know, to put all those sacred moments, the moments that are true, in our heart and then be able to, to, um, you know, call on them to restore us when we're feeling empty. You know, there's a poem by William Wordsworth, and uh, I don't know if you know it, Lines by Tintern of Tintern Abbey, and it's four pages long, but one, one, line, one part of it says... Um, Standing here, not only with a sense of present pleasure, but with the pleasing thought that in this moment there is life and food for future years. My teacher used to say, only remember the love, because it's the only part that was true. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen, and and thank Uh you, Lemoyne. You are all love. Yes, thank you, Karen. Well, between the two of you and the resolution of the dream and awakening into the life eternal, I think I'll close with this poem. When the dream resolves, uh, it's exactly like Meister Eckhart says in this poem, To See As God Sees. It is your destiny, your destiny to see as God sees to know as God knows, to feel as God feels. How is this possible? How? Because divine love cannot defy its very self. Divine love will be eternally true to its own being. And its being is giving all it can at the perfect moment. And the greatest gift God can give is his own experience. Every object, every creature, every man, woman, and child has a soul. And it is the destiny of all to see as God sees, to know as God knows, to feel as God feels, to be as God is. To awaken to life eternal. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. What a joyous experience. Another week. Thank you, everyone. Oh, yay.